0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. We sure do. Um, we might be talking about uh, asyncopated drums in this episode. Um, I'm Sarah D. Bunting. Uh, I am your co-host. I'm here in person for the first time in a long time with Mr. Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thump, thump, but dunk dunk, dunk.
0: Yeah. Oink, doink. Um, yes, we are recording this uh, in beautiful King Killer Studios, Room W. And um, there's like practically no one here except uh, in Room V and they're playing the drums, and you might hear that. Um, it's all part of the live to tape experience. Yes. yes. Of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Um, here's another way that you can experience our podcast, and that's in clothing form. We do have Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs t shirts. Uh, email me for more information, but uh, yeah, it's a flat rate, black shirt, white print, good times.
1: We had a Twitter follower tweet us a picture wearing a shirt at a karaoke event if i remember correctly or
0: i think it was oh is like, it a buffalo wild wings? yes where they put you up on the yes. screen so yeah um that kind of glory could it, be thine it legitimately made my whole morning no that me that too at a buffalo wild wings as well i was like did we pick up a listener from that <laughs> i hope so i hope so Um, Speaking of listening, we are going to be listening to a vintage track today. Mark, tell us more. Sure. Well, today's track was requested by
1: not one but two of our listeners. Both Heather M. and Matthew E. requested that we discuss Darling Be Home Soon by The Love and Spoonful, which was... A moderate chart hit in the late 60s. It hit number 15 uh, for The Love and Spoonful and then was recorded later notably by Joe Cocker, but
0: also... Yes, that's I think the version I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, but even that was, it wasn't like a, a master hit, a ma- like a huge hit. It's like this is a weird song that has become in some small way a staple or a standard without ever being recorded by that person who had that true breakout smash with it.
0: Right. Huh okay
1: so I think without further there's much to say but I think without further ado let's listen to a little clip and now
0: a quarter of my life is almost past I think I come to see myself at last and I see that the time spent confused was the time that I spent Without you And I feel myself in blue So darling, be home soon I couldn't bear to wait an extra minute If you'd go My darling, be home soon It's not just these few hours But I've been waiting since I traveled
1: the great of you to talk to. Sarah, I specifically made that clip a little bit longer than I might have otherwise, because I think that the swell of strings is just so pretty at the end of that section.
0: It really is something. Um, I didn't remember, like, before we started prepping this episode, I didn't remember if I remembered this song, um, and I I see why I didn't remember it, uh, or why like oldies radio might bury it. Although for the record, I just I just need to have some therapy about the fact that I heard fucking don't speak on the oldies station last what? week.
1: No, like I mean, okay, sure, that song is twenty two years old, but still,
0: yeah, like what
1: they need I, to they need to have like a mid range oldies station now that's like. You're not that old station.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're not that oldies. (laughs) Somewhere between doo-wop and like current top 40, there has to be a like happy medium of like not that. Anyway, um, this isn't to my mind typical of this band or this vocal. Like I don't think if I heard this on the radio and I didn't know that it was Love and Spoonful that I would necessarily clock it as his voice. So I could see why this has become a standard, like you said, but maybe is not the first song that you think of about this band. Yeah, because I think of
1: Summer in the City. I think of Summer in the City, definitely. I think of uh, Do You Believe in magic?
0: magic? Yeah.
1: And I think of... Um, what a day
0: for a daydream. I always forget that that was them, too. Yeah. I don't know who I thought it was. Not Hermit's. It doesn't matter. But, yeah.
1: But when I think of the Love and Spoonful, I think of those three songs more than I would ever think of that they would have written something as Brit- British Invasion-y as this song. It
0: does sound a little Holliesy, at least in the melody. Like, it's not as jangly as the Hollies. I know you're not a big fan of the Hollies. From no, that. no.
1: I do like them. Oh, do you? Yeah.
0: Okay. I seem to remember that in our... Um, 1967 and 2017 episode, whatever Holly's episode I picked, you were like,
1: "Well, yes, I remember that the Holly songs. Like, I like I like certain Holly songs, not others. That's right. that's what it, yes, because I think fondly of them, but I remember now that whatever song you chose, I was like, "This one's not my tea."
0: Yeah, you were like, mm, "No thanks." <laughs> so, but I really went on a journey with this song myself because my notes are like a quarter of my life has almost passed, like. Fuck you. You can't (laughs) even rent a car. Um, This song is boring. And then I was like, but how many pop songs use the word dawdle and then rhyme it with toddle?" toddle? And then I just sort of like I played it a bunch of times. This is an earwig that has been popping up in my head at random when other songs aren't stuck in it for almost a week now. But as well, this is like kind of a strange little song like hear me out but here's my theory about the um narrative of the song um he's like supporting his partner in her dreams or whatever she wants to do but it it feels also to me like maybe they have this open relationship and he realizes like he would better just let her go and fuck whoever because he can't, otherwise he can't keep her. Did you get that from it at all? Or am I just like...
1: Well, that's not how I interpreted it. Real, but
0: real melodramatic about this for reasons?
1: I think that that's a perfectly valid interpretation, though. I mean, it really is supported by the lyrics, and then it changes the idea of what he means in the final verse when he says, go bang your crazy head against the sky. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: Like, there's a whole different element of banging that, but I, I get, it's like from the sprung rhythm of some of the lines and the repetition of the lyrics that there's just this sense that he's like girl you're great and i support you and i feel supported by you and this relationship is so important and i can't wait for you to come home and she's like checking her nails and waiting for him to be done talking so that he'll give her the car keys and she can go and get it on with some other dude or lady
1: so to me i actually see it that's so interesting i had a different interpretation slightly i feel
0: like that i hope so because mine is pretty depressing. Mine's to, like a giant Updike story. It's not cute.
1: To me, this is, uh, I, I keep feeling that it's a story about two people who love each other and I I'd also think of it as a she, I guess, just because of the time the song was written and who uh, was yeah. singing it. But I feel like he has just become mature enough to realize how much he actually loves her and it's like maybe the moment when you, when you realize that college is over and you're not going to see each other anymore or like, there's, there's something...
0: Right, yeah, I could see that.
1: I, I feel like this, the verse that I clipped, especially, where he's saying, I finally realize that the time I have been confused is the time that I spent without you, I feel myself in bloom finally. I feel like he is saying to her, look, I, like you said, I want you to go out, I want you to go be amazing, I would never try to hold you back, but for the maybe the first time in my life, I'm being incredibly vulnerable with someone, and... I just want to softly ask you to be aware that my emotions are really tied up in you, and I feel like and I'm something... waiting
0: for you to get home so I can tell you all the cool shit that happened in my day. I mean, I think there's also definitely, even if the the um, lyric e said a word, it's not a word. Even if the object does not share oh, what you mean. <laughs> share the feelings, this song is very evocative of that feeling in. Um, my marriage and like other relationships, I've oh been, my God. And also like friendships where it there is a room. It's not like a literal room, but there's a room that only the two of you know the way to, mm-hmm. and you wait for each other there often emotionally. And I th- and there is a there is a moment sometimes in relationships that are not going well where you feel like he left the key somewhere or. Um, I'm all alone here. Like, going to a room that is, like, the two of you against the rest of the world, or not against the rest of the world, but just your little bubble that Mm -hmm. is your relationship and can't be accessed by anyone except you two in this time. Um, Not to get, like, Madeline Langle about it, but this is very evocative of that, even if, like, both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Both, like, when you're in the room together and when you're the one sort of, like, in the room being, like, is, is he coming back, or do I should I get a sandwich? What's going on? Well, and that
1: speaks directly to how I have made the song feel personal, because there is the interpretation I just shared with you, which I think is my interpretation of the narrator, but the, the right. song speaks to me because of the third verse, where he says, go and bang your crazy head against the sky, try to see beyond the houses in your eyes, which to me means try to see something in your life that's bigger than where we are right now. Right. So for me... I remember this conversation that Andrew and I had when I still lived in Brooklyn. So we weren't married and we hadn't moved in together yet. But Andrew said to me one night, you make me feel more free to take creative risks in my life. And I just remember feeling like that was the most... It was incredible to hear that, like, something about our... That is
0: a huge relationship compliment, yes. I think. And it yeah. was it was this
1: huge thing to say, like, because of you, I feel like I can run out and try more things. And so to me, the third verse is my relationship. It's like, right. go and do whatever you need to do. As we record this, actually, Andrew is currently in uh, Phoenix where he's doing some training. And then he's going to go to Seattle to teach this 200-person class that he's teaching, like, all these people... Like right. he's, go- he's going to the other side of the country to do all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, please go do that. I really want you to. But, you know, don't forget to come home. And not that he ever would. But I feel like for me, that's where this song is coming from. My personal connection to it is it is the sound and the tune of loving someone so much that you want them to go run and do what they need to do. But also having made it clear that your life is better when they come back. As yeah. Well.
0: well, and his partner could just be like wanting to bang her head against the sky of... Law school. Yeah. Which, or like, you know, it's the late 60s, and like, presuming that he's talking to a lady, like, you know, you really did have to dream big, and then... Maybe she would just like to have
1: her own credit card without a man's signature. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Maybe she would just like to not have the house and the lawn and the two and a half kids and whatever else, and he's like, whatever you want, like, go find what it is that you want to be, but then come back and tell me about it. Yeah. And now, let's take a break for a fond memory that involves, believe it or not, middle school and phys ed. Remember the presidential fitness tests? Well, one year, this girl in my class, Carrie, sang, Do you really want to hurt me? At our gym teacher during the flexed arm hang, we all fell out laughing, including Ms. Benthine, and then we all sang that joint as a good luck charm every year. So, Boy George and Culture Club, thank you for saving that entire endeavor. You too, Carrie. Uh, Carrie is not on tour, as far as I know, but Boy George and Culture Club totally are. It's called The Life Tour, and it's not just Boy and the Club and all of their Grammy-winning hits. It's also the B-52s and Tom Bailey of the Thompson Twins, an act who's Into the Gap cassette I literally wore out twice back in the day. The tour is presented by The Row and Harris Reno, and it's coming to the Reno Event Center on September 22nd. To get your tickets to see Culture Club, the B-52s, and a Thompson twin, visit Ticketmaster.com or call 1-888-288-1833. It's going to be a great show and best of all, no shuttle run. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, and then, okay... uh, should we move on to the comment? Oh my god! Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, I just let me let me lay out to you the other thing that I wanted to make sure we discuss. And uh, please do. Then I'll let you decide which order those two things. Then I'm going to bring down
0: every room from here to Tacoma. The other thing I wanted to talk about
1: was the just sound of this song, the the rhythm of it, and the the melody of the song. Mm-hmm. Let me, let's let's go there first. I think. If,
0: okay. Yes. Let's. Because I
1: backing up, when I was a little kid, I remember there was a period of time while I was playing in the den of our first house, which I saw for the first time in years, like two weeks ago, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I would play a Love and Spoonful tape on repeat over and over and over while I was building shit with blocks and things. Okay. Or like, I don't know, staging elaborate fights between my Transformers. <laughs> so I assume that this song was on their Greatest Hits tape, but I don't, I when I, when this was requested, I couldn't place it. But then when I heard it, I felt like I had heard it my whole life, mm-hmm. and there's something about this song that I'm not even sure I know how to articulate. But the sound of it and the da 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 da. da there's something about that progression of melody that I find incredibly comforting and f- instantly familiar.
0: There is a sort of like a um, fairy tale aspect to it, like that it is. I mean, sing songy is like a meaningless term in this context, I guess, but. By sing songy I'm talking about like songs that children sing to each other and like nursery rhymes I guess is a better right. like it, it has that um it has that feel to it, but then on the chorus uh the soon yeah there's there is something about that swoop downward that's like um not bleak, but it's just a little bit like not as cheery plaintive yeah,
1: it's plaintive,
0: it is plaintive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, no, I agree. And that I think is the reason why I have been able to memorize every word to this song really fast. And I have instantly put it into my shower rotation because like you said, this shit has been in my head nonstop as I was taking a shower this morning, which you know for other reasons I didn't even think was gonna happen today, <laughs> but it did. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, it did I can attest. Uh, he is
1: clean. Sidebar just I what I thought was gonna be a ten minute uh Conversation with my cable provider ended up taking literally all morning. Anyway, but when I did finally get in the shower, I hollered this song out top volume, and I find this song so satisfying to sing. And that sing-songy into plaintive is my sweet spot of what I like to yeah. sing. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: I li- I like that about it. That I think that there are these two versions of this relationship, both the singer and the object, but also the positive version of the room that we were talking about and also the fact that perhaps she is leaving the room and may not come back to it and he's taking that risk is they're both there.
1: Well, and I read a quote from John Sebastian, who is the lead singer of The Love and Spoonful, who is singing the song, who wrote the song. He said that one of the things he has always liked about this particular song is that it isn't clear whether she left or not what he, he there is an ambiguity that he likes about it that you are correct And that to he articulate.
0: has uh, declined to resolve. Yes. Good he, for him. He feels that... He's like, also, I don't know what happened to the Russians. Stop asking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you very much. Are they still in the Pine Barrens? We don't know. <laughs> he got shot in the head. You could see it. I frame-by-framed it. Okay.
1: Anyway, <laughs> but I. I, and I think also... That lovely balance that we have talked about before of accessibility and mystery is not easy to achieve, but is quite successful here and makes the song quite sticky for me.
0: Yeah, no, same. There, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what in the build has that like cracky quality to it. Yeah. I have also got like a similarly plaintive Janet Jackson ballad stuck in my head and I've been sort of mashing them up for myself for the last couple days. So it's like, darling, come back to me soon. <laughs> <laughs> come back
1: to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, someone could make that work. Um, listeners, if you're uh, in a mashup mode, we'd we'd love to hear a uh, Janet Sebastian mashup. Well, and speaking
1: it. of this, also is reminding me. I'm gonna let Alison Krauss off the hook on this one because <laughs> we've really given her so many projects.
0: I, I know she's like,
1: guys, I'm dehydrated. Stop. But I feel like this song is ripe for a contemporary remake. I it's a song that needs to have a time to shine. And if Adele, for instance, decided to go crazy and put do a soundtrack cut, I think she should do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Or Agnes Obel, Obel, Obel. Who dat? Um, we'll talk offline. Okay. <laughs> I put. Mean- yeah, I'd be interested to see what you think. But, yeah, I agree with you. And it might be – this might be something for someone, um, like, bluegrassy and stripped-down like Brandy Carlisle.
1: Oh, oh my God. Brandy uh, – Or I, – I, I can't even, even function. It's such or, a good idea.
0: Or your girl, Miranda Lambert, with, like, a full choir. Why not? With, Why not?
1: And in my mind, she's got huge beehive hairdo. Yes. <laughs> well – That takes us back to the 60s specifically, which maybe now is the time to segue into the aforementioned comment.
0: Yes. Uh, Okay, so I listened to this song on YouTube. I just, like, clicked on the first one that came up. Um, And then I was um, just kind of, like, sitting at my desk taking notes, and I looked at the comments. And um, I don't know what – I usually never look at the comments or even scroll down that far. But for some reason, this time, I did – And uh, Fellini, 2011, uh, two years ago, as we record this, uh, wrote this about the song. When my husband left for Vietnam in 1970, we played this song the night before he left. It became our song while he was gone. When he came home, he was so damaged. He'd lost 60 pounds and was emotionally crippled. I barely recognized him when he walked off the plane. He left himself over there and he never recovered. We were so young, full of hope. Every time I hear this song, I feel the same feelings I felt for him the night he left and while he was away. It's eerie how it applied to after he returned home. Our lives are really mostly memories. Have a peaceful night. And like the way that that sentence is constructed, I don't think this person is a writer, I could be wrong. Our lives are really mostly memories. Uh, like that could mean a couple of different things and here's this like what i was just talking about about the room like she her husband had to leave the room because the draft board said and then he came and then someone else came back to the room and then that she says that she's not unhappy about well i guess she is unhappy maybe i don't know maybe the person who came home was you know fine she doesn't say it's her ex-husband but our lives are really mostly memories, like the way that a song like this sort of um, tells you that you're already th- looking forward to thinking back. Yeah. I mean, uh, young lady, um, we're so sorry for what happened to your husband, And but this was really beautifully put and um, should be a lesson to all writers out there. Like, Just say very directly what happened. It's devastating.
1: And then have a peaceful night. Like it, what a it, it's just such a such a sad benediction I to know. add at the end. And the other thing our that,
0: lives are really surrounded mostly by ghosts. take care like yeah. whoa, girl it's <laughs> and, you know Easy. you
1: and you just you're so right too just in terms of writing. this is such a great example of you don't need to tell me this is the perfect example of showing and not telling mm-hmm. I, there's like almost no adjectives in this paragraph. there is yeah. almost. There is nothing to say, and it made me sad, but she doesn't need to tell me how she felt. She is showing me. And I feel like this is the one time, because I looked with trembling and fear, but I think this is the one time when all responses from other YouTube users were positive. Like, nobody was a dick about this. Really? There's like 55 people responded, and everyone is like, you're beautiful. I'm sorry. (laughs) This sounds amazing. My love to you. Like. It, really? It's like somehow this woman unlocked the code to make people act like human beings on YouTube, which alone she deserves a Pulitzer Prize. I
0: don't, Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> Anna MacArthur grant, because how'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, seriously, can you teach a seminar? I know. The rest of us are just monkeys banging on an obelisk with bones. But you know what though?
1: Off. Okay, because there's something about understated dignity that is hard to dismiss. And it. I think this comment in a way reflects dignity back on the song even. It,
0: yeah, I agree and I, I'm sure that she's not the only one with a story that's similar to that from this time Um, so now it's even more surprising to me that this song like, I was writing about it in my notes and I'm like, I see why this isn't like a staple and why it wasn't a number one smash but now I'm kind of like, but wait, why again? Right. Because in those times, I don't know, it just, it seems strange to me, like, men are going to the moon. Like, this was, I mean, this was before, um, what's it called, Apollo 13, I think. That was 71? Yeah, so this would have been just
1: before, because he performed this at Woodstock, so it was... Yes, I did read that. Okay. So it it was enough that when Apollo 13 is happening, this song could have been being performed, and I... Yeah, I, I just, again, I feel like that's why it's ripe for a uh, new cover, because I think that there's something really great about this song, something very simple and straightforward that I think people need to hear. And honestly, I'm so glad to our two listeners for requesting. I'm so glad our two listeners requested this, because I never would have thought to listen to this song had it yeah, not been Yeah, no,
0: them. me neither. Um, and I think we were going through our list and we were sort of like, let's pick something that we're not necessarily immediately attracted to. Yeah. Because we were both sort of like, sure, like we like Love and Spoonful, but I just didn't, the song didn't ping anything for me. But it was like, well, let's just try something that we're not immediately like, yes, because let's try to stretch a little. Yes. So I'm glad we did. And I'm so glad that I found this comment, which was just like a snapshot, like just this sketch that became a fully fleshed out story of this woman. And, um, before I forget, I also think that a cover by Enya in Celtic would not be the worst. Oh
1: my God!
0: Old Lang Syne style.
1: Yeah, I'm in. All right. Or or Enya
0: in Elvish, I would listen. <laughs> that would be fine too. Elvish, uh, um, Romulan. Yeah, sure. Klingonese. Klingon. Klingon. Great. That's right. Uh, they do have a. They do have a dictionary. So uh, yeah, listeners, again, we're we're here for that. If you want to, if you want to do a like death metal cover. Sure, we're open to we're,
1: it. We'll play it. Great. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening.
0: Sarah, talk about songs talk about songs talk about songs
1: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing
0: to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube